اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نسلی علی رسوله الكریم اما بعد today's ago we had discussed started off the discussion of the shamail of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam some hadith we discussed from this kitab so just to briefly discuss a portion of a lengthy hadith sharif before that one other aspect that came to mind while coming we had discussed previously about adab and the importance of adab so just one incident that came to mind in that regard which our akabir have often quoted but a very very inspiring and very deep message in this incident so in the time of one of the kabir i can not remember right now the name of whose whose time it was and who was the personality involved but there was one hindu at that time that used to be also living in his area and he knew him well so they so referred to him as lala ji now the banias in india they are referred to as lala ji this fellow used to come and go to see him around so in any case he died that hindu who was apparently now a hindu he passed away this buzruk saw him in a dream when he saw him in the dream he saw him in jannat a dream itself is not any conclusive proof for anything that now this person was seen in a dream so this is a final proof but sometimes things are opened out in a dream they are true dreams as well lanos this was the reality is but in any case the zuk saw him in jannat so he asked him how come you ended up in jannat there's no way that a person without iman will enter jannat so the so he said no no i didn't uh, enter jannat without iman when i left the world i left with iman but it wasn't known to people and what actually happened the background to the incident was <coughs> that on one occasion it was the month of ramadan and now he is a hindu himself so his children obviously got no concern about anything to do with the muslims because they are not muslims either one of his children now was eating out in public whatever he might have been just walking around somewhere and eating something but it was in public and the area many muslims lived in that neighborhood so this banya happened to come past he came around and as he comes he sees his son eating oh so son is not a muslim he himself was not a muslim at the time he saw him eating but he's eating in public so he says i gave him one tight smack and told him can't you respect the fasting month of the muslims they are fasting and they don't eat while they are fasting during the day so the respect for this month requires that you should have not eaten in public you should eat if you want to do eat indoors so this disrespect that he showed i took offense to that and i punished him in this way the barakat of this was that before he passed away he says that 
the reality dawned on me, I accept the demand. But because of now being uh, concerned about the reaction that would come, so I didn't disclose it, but then I passed away. So people didn't know that I had already accepted Islam. Now, as mentioned that a dream is not any conclusive evidence for something, but there are true dreams as well. And this, all the signs of something being very clear in it, but the lesson, the lesson of Adab, Adab for the aspects of Deen, Adab for all the aspects that relate to the Sha'ir of Islam in particular, Sha'ir of Islam, the distinguishing symbols of Islam, the Masjid, the Quran Sharif, the Day of Jumu'ah, the month of Ramadan, these are termed as the Sha'ir of Islam, the symbols, very distinguishing characteristics any person, no matter who he might be, he identifies it with Islam. Masjid, anyone and everyone, no matter who it might be, he knows this is something to do with the Muslims, this is their place of worship. The Quran Sharif, he knows this is their book, holy book, this is the book that they uh, take as their guidance from. So now anything that is of this caliber and this level, that requires special respect. That requires very special respect. Among that is the day of Jumu'ah as well. Unfortunately, these things become very casual in our lives sometimes. Maybe some things are, alhamdulillah, upheld in our um, our environments, but some things become casual even among us as well. The day of Jumu'ah, for example, for example apart from the Jumu'ah Salah and few things related to the Jumu'ah Salah, but the rest of the day is a very ordinary day like other days for us which shouldn't be the case there should be very great importance Prophet Mawla Badri Alam Sahib we mentioned one of his incidents one of the days he used to be based in Madinah Munawara so many South Africans were bayat to him there was a very close relationship many South Africans my Marhum father also had a taluk with him at one point in time, many others. So there was uh, one person in Uvinan, Haji Abdul Wahab Badad. His son used to be living in Springo Beach, he passed away some years back. So he also had some taluk with him, so he gave him some advice once. This must have been maybe. 50, 60 years ago story Hazma Abdul Hamid Sardam Barakatum is often quote this uh, advice that Hazma Abdul Alam Sardam gave to Haji Abdul Wahab Marhum so he said to him he first asked him a few questions South African life etc so he asked him about Friday is a like now here public holidays you know, no, Friday is a normal day because obviously we are a minority there he said, look, that's not in your control, but there are certain things in your control. He said, like Friday, so I asked him, what meal do you have on Friday? Well, Friday is a standard meal which came along from whoever became the Sunnah of Friday. No harm in it, if people enjoy it, it's fine. But he said, look, cook your best meal of the week on Friday. Cook your best meal of the week, because children are growing up in your home. It's a natural thing that they look forward to good food. So now they will be looking forward to the better meal on a Jumu'ah. But in the process, initially it will be the meal, but in the process they will grow up 
looking forward to Jumu'ah. He says, dress them in their best clothes of the week on a Jumu'ah. Because that's something in children, grown-ups too, that now, when there's a special occasion, they're wearing the better clothing, obviously within what's Shariat and Sunnah. But dress them in something better on a Jumu'ah. On a Jumu'ah, initially the attachment will be to the clothes. But gradually the importance of Jumu'ah itself will dawn through that. Now they'll be looking forward to Jumu'ah. Over time that will now fade away. That is just a sweet to get things going. The child now, get things going now, initially you encourage a child with a few sweets, so to say. But then gradually the child doesn't need the sweets anymore because the importance of what he was being encouraged to, that has now dawned upon him. So he doesn't need the sweets anymore to be spurred on. But now initially, these are the things will spur him. He said, you give your children spending. So if now, that was, we bring back 45, 50, 60 years ago. So that wasn't such a common thing that children would get spending every day. Maybe some few families here and there. Otherwise that wasn't the norm. It was something which was a occasional thing. So he said, if it's an occasional thing, if you're not giving them any spending to start off with, give it to them, some, give them something on a Juma. And if you're giving them something, and it's some other day of the week only, then you transfer it, make it come, put it on the Friday. Put it on the day of Juma. Because now that will become a means of them looking forward to Juma. Initially for all these things, but gradually, they, that why all this is happening on a Juma only? So there's something about Juma itself. But then gradually as they grow up, the amal of Jumu'ah, etc. must become alive. So the attachment with Jumu'ah becomes very strong. And the consciousness of Jumu'ah. And when the day of Jumu'ah dawns, they already, the mindset is now that this is a very auspicious day has come. So these are all the shahir of Islam and these are things to be brought alive and uh, respected very greatly. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, declares the person who respects the symbols of deen then this is something that is a testimony of iman in his heart taqwa in his heart that this person has taqwa in his heart only that taqwa will spur a person to be observing the respect for the shair of Islam so this was something that came to mind Allah Ta'ala give me all of us a topic that we <coughs> always uphold the respect for all the aspects of deen and in particular the shahir of Islam. To continue with the discussion of the Shamail, there's a very lengthy hadith which is narrated from Hazrat Hassan bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala and he has narrated this from his uncle who was the Hind bin Abi Hala and uh, he was the son of Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala so he was the half brother of Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala so Fatima radiallahu ta'ala she was the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu and Hazrat Khadija Hind was already born before Hazrat Khadija came into the nikah of Nabi Karim he was born from her previous husband he was the half-brother of Hazrat Fatima and he grew up in the household of Nabi Karim So he had a very, very close, very good opportunity and at very close quarters he observed Nabi Karim very carefully. 
Whereas, Hazrat <coughs> Hassan, Hazrat Hussain, Radhi Alhamma, they were still very young. When Nabi Kareem Salaam passed away, they were still very young. So they didn't see Nabi Kareem Salaam at a time when they had now grown to a more matured age. So they were always very desirous to find out the finer details of the life of Nabi Kareem Salaam. Now this is that that zeal that has to be developed to find and is to ask finer details. So this hadith also they inquired from their uncle Hind bin Abi Hala that please you saw our grandfather Nabi Kareem Sallallahu from very close so please describe and he was somebody who had preserved and very carefully noted all the details so he used to explain these details in much with much uh, he used to go into a lot of finer points so this is one of those aspects that is mentioned here so the chapter as we had started off is the chapter on the tawazo of Nabi Akarim his humility but the when some question used to be asked as mentioned that the Sahaba Ikram they just needed somebody to just touch the topic it was then like a dam had opened out and they would just flow with the discussion about Nabi Akarim Sallallahu so if a person asked about one thing, they would end up mentioning maybe <coughs> ten things or much, much more. Because one thing will just lead to another and a whole lot of things would come to the fore. So in any case, this is also one of those ahadith. So when he was asked about to describe Nabi Karim Wasallam, so he commenced now, this is portion of the very lengthy hadith. So just an indication to the first portion of the hadith, he started off by saying, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فخما مفخما يتلألأ وجهه تلألأ القمر ليلة البدر فذكر الحديث بطوله. So this was the first line of the hadith sharif which is somewhere else the portion that's mentioned there is somewhere in the middle but the first line is repeated here that Nabi Akram صلى الله عليه وسلم was فخما مفخما. He was in his very personality, very respectable and he was greatly respected by everybody. Sometimes a person, he himself is not necessarily so respectable but out of some fear due to his power, due to his financial position, due to whatever other influence and authority he might wield, people appear to respect him. But that respect is all very flimsy and in front of a person they'll respect him behind his back then they'll be saying something very different and uh, that respect is not respect in reality. The respect is what really emanates from the heart that the person is forced to show respect. Harun Rashid was one time sitting in one balcony and uh, there was one of his slave women or somebody was out there in the balcony. He was so Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, very great muhaddith. He had come. So now this very great muhaddith, scholar of deen, very great mujahid, and very great personality. He came. So now a very big gathering had gathered to now welcome him. He happened to say, he happened to sneeze. 
and he said Alhamdulillah so now out of that respect for him that whole gathering hundreds thousands of people Allah knows just how many they all echoed Yerhamukallah now that like a big sound came out of the door. so many people at one time said this so she heard this she wanted to know what happened what's this commotion like there's not a commotion but that's what she thought she said no this muhaddith has come Abdullah bin Mubarak and he sneezed he said Alhamdulillah so the people responded that was the sound you heard so she now she's the slave woman of Harun Rashid the king of the time she saying that's the king king there's the king there she's not the king who needs to be respected by gathering people around him and uh, people have to be given instructions and they'll do something so what the point is that this respect that Nabi Kareem had blessed him with it was his very personality that was so full of respect and people also gave that respect even before Nabi Kareem was conferred with Nubuwat people held him in very high esteem it was the Quraysh themselves gave him all those beautiful titles of As-Sadiq, Al-Ameen this was out of that respect that they had for Nabi Karim when the incident of the <coughs> when the Kaaba Sharif was being rebuilt and renovated and that was before Nubuat already and the issue of placing the hajar aswad back in its place came up now every tribe wanted to have this honor and this became a very contentious thing who's going to have this could have led to some kind of fight as well so they eventually decided, okay, tomorrow morning whoever enters, we'll let him be the arbitrator in this. And the person happened to enter was Nabi Kareem sallallahu And unanimously everybody was very happy. That if he's going to arbitrate, we're all more than happy about it. Nabi Kareem sallallahu got all the leaders to hold one portion of a sheet, one corner and one edge, and he placed the hajra in the middle of the sheet and asked everybody to carry it to his place. And then with his Mubarak hands placed it in his place and everybody was more than happy about it because of his position among them this was even before Nubuat so this was what Allah Ta'ala blessed him with that he was universally respected even though after he declared the Nubuat and called people towards Islam many became his arch enemies but they still could not help but respect him whatever enmity they had but within themselves they realized he is the same very respectable person so this is what he mentioned here Fahman Mufakhaman and then he mentioned here Tala'la'u wajhuhu Tala'lu al-qamari laylat al-badr that his Mubarak face would shine like the 14th moon whatever descriptions the Sahaba Ikram gave that was the best way in which they could try and describe something now a person has some limited words, vocabulary, descriptions up to that extent he can describe something but beyond that he has no words so many times the Sahaba would go into great detail about the description and in the end they would mention one line in the end they would mention one line and they would say Lam they would say Lam Ara Mislahu Lam Ara Mislahu Kablahu Wala Ba'adahu Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
I had never seen anybody like him, neither before him nor after him. In other words, whatever I described was to the best of my ability and capability, but it falls short of describing the reality. As much as it described things in a very eloquent manner, in a very uh, descriptive way, but after all the best effort could have been made, it still falls short of describing the reality. So in order to express that, at the end they would often add this line, لَمْ أَرَمِثْلَهُ قَبْلَهُ وَلَا بَعْدَهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. So in any case, then this was just the introduction to the Hadith Sharif. So Hussain is now explaining this Hadith Sharif. فَقَالَ الْحُسَيْنِ فَسَأَلْتُ أَبِي عَنْ دُخُولِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. Now this this is a hadith within a hadith. So the Hassan had started off by asking his uncle, and then he came to his brother, Hazrat Hussain. And he wanted to now test him out, see what he knows. He says, I realized when I asked him, he was the younger brother, that he knew more than me. He had asked not just our uncle, he even asked our father many details, Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali now explained to him many, many things. So now among the things he asked Hazrat Ali, about how did Nabi Karim spend his time indoors. Now this is an extremely important part of life. person spends a good amount of his time indoors, a good amount of time outdoors as well. Man has to spend a good amount of his time outdoors in order to earn for his family, do whatever other necessary work is, etc. But there is a good amount of time indoors and the thing is that the outdoor time, apart from now whatever is part of dini work and so on, but in terms of other work, earning a living for example, that time that is spent outdoors is really for indoors. The person that, one is now he's going to the masjid, that is now obviously he's going to the masjid for Allah from his obligation of deen. So that is something in its place, that, that's in itself an, a requirement person is going to acquire the knowledge of deen, so he's going to wherever he's going, that is itself an objective. So other aspects of this nature that itself is an objective, but if he's going to work to earn a living, so that is also an obligation of deen after the other faraiz. But why is he going to earn? That earning itself is not an objective. It's an obligation after the other faraiz, but that itself is not an objective. Like going to the masjid itself is an objective, to go and fulfill the salah. But to go and work itself is not the objective. The objective there is back indoors. He is going to earn for what? To take care of his family, to see to their needs. So the earning itself is not the objective, it's the means to an end. It's the means to an objective. Now this is where things sometimes the priorities get mixed up and the objectives and the means to the objectives get mixed up. The means themselves become the objective sometimes. So the objective was that this should become a means of taking care of his family. The family gets totally neglected for the means. There is now no time for the family, for their dini tarbiyat also. And that is obviously a 
obligation in itself, the dini nurturing and tarbiyat and guidance of the family. And apart from that, even their time for family time, as we call it, that is a need as well. But that is all then lost, forgotten. So something else now, the means became the purpose, the means became the objective, and what was meant to be the purpose that got lost somewhere. So this is a very, very important part of this Hadith Sharif, and therefore this question was asked specifically. فَسَأَلْتُ أَبِي أَنْ دُخُولِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. He has asked my father, Hazrat Ali radiallahu about the indoor time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Ali radiallahu replied and said, فَقَالَ كَانَ إِذَا أَوَى إِلَى مَنْزِلِهِ جَزَّأَ دُخُولَهُ ثَلَاثَةَ أَجْزَائِن That when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would come to his home, then he would divide the indoor time into three portions. Divide the indoor time into three portions. <coughs> Our time too sometimes gets divided for into three portions, for three different, so to say, three different people. The three people are me, myself, and I. And everything else is secondary. If it fits in somewhere, it fits in a little bit here and there. But the time is for me, myself, and I. Now, the Akarim Salaam is teaching us. Now he is, Allah Ta'ala sent him as an example, as a guide, as an example to mankind. And his indoor time divided into three portions. We are sometimes, not sometimes, we are always obviously, all of us are always, and everybody is always very busy, very tired, very occupied, very concerned, very stressed, very pressured with work. It just doesn't finish off. We all, everybody, nobody is an exception to it. So whenever there's something, if there's anything neglected, then this whole list will just roll out spontaneously. That now just leave me aside now. I'm very busy, very tired, very occupied, very, very, very whatever. There could have never been anybody before and never anybody will ever come after that could have been more tasked with greater responsibility than Nabi Akareem that could have had greater concern than him that could have been busier than him that could have had more responsibility than him forget more nobody can come to a fraction of what as we will call it pressure he had to undergo and the things he had to take care of and no it's beyond what we can even imagine but despite all this Nabi Akareem Salaam is teaching us the how things are to be done what's the procedure and how things are to be handled so with all this he divided the time indoors into three portions the first portion Juz An Lillah and then Juz An Ahlihi or Juz An Linafsihi one portion for Allah Ta'ala now this is indoor time. So now indoor time, the hours spent indoors. So now in our understanding now, what we might count as from the time a person now comes up. Our understanding now from Maghrib time, Isha time is at home. Till uh, Fajr time is at home. 
So now there's a good number of hours there. So one portion of that time was dedicated to Allah Ta'ala. Meaning indoors as well. Outdoors, back in the masjid, etc. Nabi Kareem Prasad's entire time was for Allah Ta'ala. But despite that, indoors also there was a time dedicated for Allah. Everything was for Allah Ta'ala, but this refers to dedicated to the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala in a formal manner. And then وَجُزْءًا ahlihi, One portion of time for his family. And then one portion of time for himself. Now, portion of time for himself to take care of his own personal needs, etc. But then again, ثُمَّ جَزَّأَ جُزْأَهُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ النَّاسِ فَيَرُدُّ بِالْخَاسَّةِ عَلَى الْعَامَّةِ وَلَا يَدَّخِرُ عَنْهُمْ شَيْئًا But then now he is one own that one portion of his own that he again gave it back to people and he gave it back to people by allowing those who were the closer and more special people to come so that they would be able to take the full benefit of that time and they would pass it on to the general masses so it was meant for everybody but now in the number, the time was number one limited obviously and then this was uh, limited space also indoors. So everybody couldn't come all the time. So Nabi Karim would permit those who were more capable, more able to take the benefit, more able to understand what he is passing on fully, and who will be able to also deliver it, take it back, and pass it on to everybody else. So this was the way in which even that one third was now given back to people. But now the first one-third was for Allah Ta'ala. Now the one lesson in this is that there should be some dedicated time for ibadat in the home as well. Mashallah, whatever is done in the masjid, somebody has some time set in the masjid, for example, some time for tilawat in the masjid, excellent. He spent some time in talim, some time in some other efforts of deen, etc. All that in its place and everything should carry on. But apart from that, there must be some time for ibadat at home. Apart from the barakat that this brings into the home, this creates an environment in the home also. And the home becomes a place that the environment connects one to Allah Ta'ala. Now the children growing up in such a home, they seeing sometimes the father, sometimes the mother, somebody is engaging in sometimes, somebody is sometimes making tilawad. Somebody is making some zikr sometimes. Obviously this is not going to happen 24-7 in the home. Or meaning that every time the person is there, he is busy in something. But all this at times will be observed. There will be times when this will be witnessed by the children growing up, by others around. And apart from that, the home must be a place where the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala takes place. So sometime for some nawafil is taking, there is some nawafil happening also in the home. There is some tilawat taking place. There is some time for ta'aleem some time for some tasbihat, etc. All this is happening in a dedicated manner and with regularity. So this now builds an environment and this environment has a very deep impact. It might not, not show immediately what is happening but it has a very deep impact. And then juz'an li ahlihi family time as we call it. This is an extremely important aspect of indoor time. Family time is not what where people are forced together to be in the same place at the same time and that's family time. 
Now, for example, everybody is having the meal today, which should be the case, nevertheless. Unfortunately, that too, as a standard, is in many times not the case anymore. One is, it happens sometimes, somebody was now came late from somewhere or something else, but there should be some tartib and where the family eats together at least one meal. Very important. And much tarbiyat used to happen of the children in a very informal manner over meals. In a very light way, without formalities. What is now everything that's becoming very formal, not necessarily has to become formalized. Over that meal, sometimes in a light-hearted manner, sometimes in a very, very generalized way, some incident, now little growing up children love to hear stories, some incident of some pious person, some experience of the day, but something that has a moral in it is now being discussed and passed on. So that it became a bonding time as well. But a lot of tarbiyat happens in that. Some general general uh, advice, meaning things that will help them in life, but not making things now very formalized and heavy now. It's, meal is meant to be a light time. Hazrat he is to even say that after eating, he is to he used to joke about it. You see, it helps digestion as well. That light-heartedness, it helps to digest that food well. If a person now, this is a common thing, anybody might have experienced it, he's eaten something, and then just some, some news came around, something that shocked him, something that plunged him into grief, he starts feeling upset as well. He can't even digest his food right. Because that emotional state now, it upsets everything. So that eating time must be a light time. One person used to say, I sort things out on the table. And everybody gets straightened out. That's the last thing to do at that time. So we haven't learned sometimes what's the time and what's the manner of tarbiyat. So we decide, so now people start dreading the meal time. The, now this is where everything is on the now. It's just start getting spilt out and sorted out and straightened out. Person can't even eat properly. Whereas that meal time should be a light time. But in that light time, a lot can happen in terms of tarbiyat, in terms of just general mind building without making it formal in any way but in a light way, in a general way, making it an enjoyable time so this was all part of the lesson that we learned from the Mubarak life of Nabi Karim Wasallam that he had one portion of time for his family as well in this would be Dini Tarbiyat as well there will be some light heartedness in this Kitab Shamail Al-Tirmidhi, Shamail Al-Muhammadiyah there is one chapter on the Mizah the light-heartedness of Nabi Kareem and there is a detail mentioned there that Nabi Kareem used to spend one night at the different wives' houses the turns were but at the beginning of the night after he would come back home whichever home he was going to be spending the night in all the Azwaj Abutaharat would gather for, a, for some time there there would be some Dini Talim that would take place there would be some light-heartedness then everybody would get back to their own homes. Now this was time dedicated for this purpose. And in this, he would sometimes mention some light-hearted things and in that there would be some dini guidance as well. So this is the way Nabi Kareem Wasallam distributed his time as home and he gave everybody their time. Then there's much detail that follows thereafter. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq, we'll carry on with it tomorrow. Allah Ta'ala gives us the tawfiq of is all part of the Mubarak Sirat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is the 
legacy of Madina Manohara. This is the wealth of Madina Manohara. One relative sent me one recording of Hazrat Mawin Spanish, Alhamdulillah, Allah He had given a talk in 2004 on Juma in Durban after having returned from Madina Manohara. He had come from Umrah, so he had finally departed from Madina Manohara. I think he just probably landed. And the next day was Jumu'ah, so he had given some talk there. So this person sent me, now while being here, he sent me this recording. So now the the title of that was, we have our brother Imran Malia as well, but the title of that, the Mal of Madina Manawara. Mal, one meaning of Mal is wealth. So the wealth, now people now fill their bags and go. So he was talking about what is the real wealth of Madina Manawara. The wealth, and he was discussing, this is not the same hadith that's here, but some of the aspects in terms of which will come much later, inshallah we'll try and discuss some of that, the Bikini Salaam's manner with people around him. Though that was he was discussing a different hadith but the same same aspects were there. And in that process he mentioned that people are coming back from Madina Munawara with other things, but this is what they should have been coming back with. This akhlaq, this character, this soft naturedness, this overlooking nature, etc. And he went into much detail. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. This is what we should be taking back as well. Allah Ta'ala bless us in the tawfiq of this. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayt ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu Rabbana ulamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minul khasirin Allahumma iftah lana bilkhair wa akhtim lana bilkhair wa ja'al aqiba umurina bilkhair biyadika alkhair innaka ala kulli shayin qadir Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'ayun wa ja'alna lilmuttaqeen imama ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلها من الراشدين اللهم زينا بزينة الإيمان وجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين الحمد لله